0: have seen it yet? I haven't so I've seen I've seen the first kind of 15 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, I couldn't watch it all, but I thought it was kind of cool from what I saw. But I have watched a lot of the interviews for the yeah. film with Eddie Murphy and Arsenio uh-huh. Hall, and it was wicked to hear all the stories. And I think that's what's good about you know like when they bring out films, you get the interviews before. Yeah, they got to, they got to do the what do they call it press tours. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's been really good like hearing some of the stories about Prince. Like there's a wicked story about Prince here. Yeah? So Eddie Murphy's chef comes out of Eddie Murphy's house at like yeah. two o'clock in the morning, and um, Prince comes driving around in his purple car, maybe like a purple Cadillac or Chevy or whatever it, it was. Yeah, exactly. And um the hubcaps come the hubcap comes off the car and the car proceeds to go past Eddie's house, the next house turn around where Prince's house was. And by this time, the chef's holding the hubcap and the car's coming back up the road. And then Eddie goes like, the window rolls down and um, Prince is like, can I have my hubcap back? <laughs> and like, that's what, like, you don't, sometimes those stories, you never get to hear them yeah, yeah. until they're on, they're on their press runs. Yeah. So I'm yet to watch it all. But what I did notice was a little bit like, um, do you remember um, The Irishman? Mm-hmm. So you know how Obviously, The Irishman's a bit different because De Niro's not playing any characters that you've seen before in any films or when he was younger. But you're starting to see De Niro playing in a role that maybe necessarily should be carried out by a younger man. And because of the name of De Niro and and his face in those roles, you know, Scorsese is trying to get as many films out of them them boys as he can because that's his crew. Whereas with Coming to America 2, you're looking at Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall, but they're a lot older So like Eddie's got a bit of a, you know, let's just say he's he's a bit fuller than he was in in, in the first one. So it's interesting in terms of the acting tempo and the pace. But I'll tell you what was interesting, and I don't know if you've, you've ever done this when a sequel's come out or a film's come out where it's a, a, a lot further into our time. So I went and watched loads of clips from Coming to America 1, and I've got to say, right, the barbershop clips. So there's a there's a clip on YouTube, and it's called All of the Barbershop Clips from Coming to America. And it is, bro, I was laughing, I was crying out loud. Yeah. It was so cool. Yeah, those barbershop scenes were epic. Brilliant, bro. Yeah. Brilliant. And just to give you a quick example of, like, there's a part where, because it's, it's all them, is it? All the characters in the barbershop, apart from from one are eddie murphy and arsenio hall the, one of the gentlemen in the barbershop's going if a man wants to name a man muhammad ali yeah. then let a man name himself muhammad ali and it's a powerful for even for these like times that we're in now yeah. When it comes to people respecting people's identities and respecting however they want to portray themselves it, it was a really really kind of like powerful three four seconds the way that they said this scene but the comedy that drops after it yeah. is what makes sure it beautiful yeah. because he goes his mama and him Clayton,
1: and if his mama named him Clayton, i am a con, Clayton.
0: <laughs> like it was, uh, it was just brilliant the way that they just brought that comedy yeah, straight yeah. into it. So yeah, if you get if you get a chance, yeah, I plan
1: to, I'm planning to watch. it. I haven't seen it. I've I've seen a few reviews. I was on Twitter yeah. um, think, yesterday. Uh, I saw a few reviews. What, what,
0: were they were they kind of all following the same theme? And the reason I asked that is I've noticed a lot of reviews go from some people either love it or some people don't. I didn't know. What, what did you?
1: There was general love for the film. Okay. Um, one of the critics said that they tried to play the Comedy a bit too safe, right? And because of that, it's not as funny as the first one. And you kind of understand yes. where they coming from because they don't want to insult anyone. But that got me got, thinking, yeah, here. that got me thinking that. I and mean, when you think about stand-up comedy as well and what stand-up comedy is and why comedy in general is so funny is because laughing at stereotypes.
0: Or exaggerating stereotypes. Or exaggerating
1: stereotypes is very funny. Yes. As long as it doesn't come from a place of malice. As long as you're not trying to be mean with it. You're well not trying said, to. Bro, me- bro. Do you know
0: what I mean? Well said, brother. That's that. Do you know what? That is something that I think a lot of people miss. What you've just said there. If you look at, if you look at, let's let, let's 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 flip it, right? So if you look at comedy, it's probably the only kind of genre that can push or discuss delicate subjects. For sure. And make them more humorous because comedy is all about observation. Hundred percent. So yeah. so for example. There's a scene in Eddie Murphy Raw. Have you seen Eddie Murphy Raw? Yeah. yeah One of the baddest stand-ups of all, of all time, yeah, right? Yeah. Baddest. Anyone out there with all this political correctness shit? Yeah? yeah. Just back up off me for a couple of minutes, yeah, because Raw is the lick. But I love it when he goes like he's talking about. The, like, so I watched the scene about the Italians and when they come out of watching Rocky, and he's he's exaggerating the that was stereotype. A brilliant, that was a brilliant, yeah. You know when it, they grab their their balls more than black people do. Yeah. Eddie Murphy's words, not mine. The way that he. You know, he, he's not doing it with malice, is what I'm trying to get yeah. at. He's not doing it with malice, he's taking an observation, he's amplifying it. Like when he goes, Italians always say they always ask a question with a, with a question. What am I, an asshole? What am I? This So I like the fact that you've you've made a really good point here. Because it's, it's really it's, good point. It's, like it's, not happens, it's not about malice.
1: It's not about malice at all. But what happens is that when you get rid of being able to laugh at stereotypes, what is there left to laugh at? You get me. Every everyone who's listened to this can safely say that they will happily laugh at a stereotype. Yeah. Like it's not a deep thing.
0: Until one person Because we have the the internet now, it's like all it takes one person to just write that was racist or that was sexist or that was this or that was that. And it's like you've got to leave a little bit of room for. Look, I'm going to be real, yeah? When I was growing up, right? I'm Greek, yeah? When I was growing up, there was a kind of banter thing about like Greek women having bigger mustaches than. (laughs) It's true, though, bro. That's what they used to say. they say Greek girls were hairy, right? Yeah. So as long as that's, that's. we all know that Greek girls are not that hairy, right? Everyone's got hair. But my point is, as long as the... the, the, the if a comedian takes that and wants to use that in a stereotypical way and amplify it and find some humour in that, there's nothing wrong with that. 100%. There's nothing 100%. wrong with that. Yeah. You know, the fact that, you know, Greeks are known for having, say, I don't know... Uh, overprotective grandmothers or mothers that are like you know treat their sons like they're five years old until until their sons are 100 let that st- it's yeah. like when Eddie Murphy this is Eddie Murphy's words again not mine it's something like he goes like you know I went to a club and like you know I see how you white people you know how you get down and like don't take this the wrong way but like you can't dance yeah. like you're in there headbutting each other <laughs> and, it, and it's it, do you know what I mean he's not being controversial so
1: yeah man I just, I just hope that um, and what happens is that if we if we keep just trying to send for people trying to cancel people for things that they for things that they've said there's going to be nothing left to laugh at man really there's going to be nothing left to laugh at
0: and do you not think do you not think that um, we're already seeing that in terms of the programs that we used to get yeah okay and the programs that we get now no one wants to touch certain subjects or talk about certain stereotypes yeah like even in films like Die Hard 3 there's moments with Bruce Willis and Samuel Samuel Jackson where they comment on you know the certain black and white thing whatever or for example you know just certain certain kind of um uh, things that different cultures will will discuss. With each other, but it's not done with malice, like like with so. That's the fundamental thing about this. If I'm if I'm saying something about your culture and I'm saying it with with evil and intent and ignorance and and um, negativity, then that's racism, man. Yeah. That's discrimination. You're that's that's fucked yeah. up. But when when you might want to observe, you know, the the character of a of a Jamaican auntie or the character of say you know a Greek mother, as I said before, it's nice to know that it's just light entertainment, For sure. man.
1: For sure, don't judge people based on your interpretation of what they said, based it on what they actually meant and what their intention is. So everyone
0: remember that's what comedy is. So don't be so sensitive yeah. when, when
1: it's getting a bit silly man. I saw I saw this this PC culture, like I, I don't know if there's an end to it, but it's getting a bit stupid now. I saw an article the other day that said, check this they're going to remove Mr. from Mr. Potato Head because they want it to, to appeal to a broader audience. Create another character. Leave Mr. Potato Head alone exactly. and go create another character that can appeal to to a broad audience. Why do you have to take something that we've known for how many years as a Mr. Potato Head and, and change it and, and, and change it for us? You're, t- you're taking that nostalgia away from us.
0: You know what, it's deep. I love what you said there again because
1: why can't you
0: leave Mr. Potato Head and have a new character yeah. and let the new character and Mr. Potato
1: Head go out for dinner yeah.
0: and have a <laughs> Conversation and a little bit of one can rub off on one, a little bit
1: of the other can rub off on the other. Yeah. Because if I if I now refer to if I refer to Potato Head as Mister Potato Head, what well, I'm going to get cancelled because I said Mister. Yeah.
0: And also, can you let me ask you, something, Can you yeah. break this down for me? Because um, I'm a little bit ignorant on this subject. You know this cancel culture shit, yeah. Yeah.
1: So uh, it's poisonous. Yeah,
0: but hold on a sec. So let me just let me just try and understand it because I
1: don't really know what cancel culture is. That's um, course, that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to. From, from what from my from my understanding of it though, it's. You have someone that's well-known that's made a mistake in the past or maybe even the present. And what we try to do is we try to get everyone with a Twitter page or an Instagram page to try and just send for this person. Right. Whereas okay. we, do we okay. forget that we're all fucking human and we've all made mistakes? Are people not allowed to make, make mistakes now? Like, what right, so is, what's going right, on?
0: All right, all right, cool. So hold on. So that's so. let's say, for example, let's yeah. say you become a Hollywood actor. Yeah. And then three weeks later... Jeremy from Wisconsin finds out that you wrote a tweet about Jose Mourinho's wife. And now... You should no longer be in that film. They should CGI out. They should CGI out the film. They should put a, I'm not another to actor. Be any
1: other films in the future? No more films. My screen. existence in only on big this brother. Earth. Only
0: celebrity big brother. <laughs> You're only allowed to go on that. And maybe I'm a celebrity yeah. if we think yeah. so.
1: My existence on this earth no longer has any purpose. I'm I'm meaningless. Fuck and it's just. Man, do you know what fucked. I mean? It's like that's where fucked. are we as in humanity that this has become acceptable? Bro, I'm so glad my teenage years were not in social media. I swear to
0: God. I swear to God. I'm so glad yeah. that from 14 to 18, I was allowed to be with three of my friends yeah. and not have to worry about anything being yeah. recorded or... It's just, it's, it's dangerous, man, and it's... So who got cancelled? Who's been the most high-profile cancelled cult- culture victim in the history of cancelling? Who would we say is... You know, is there an actor
1: that was flying high that's
0: now flying low? Army or...
1: Hammer, yeah, Army Hammer. The dude from the social network. Okay. Jesse you, you Einberg. See... No, no. Um what's the film with Guy Ritchie yeah. and Henry Cavill, Superman? Man from Auntie Ma- The Man from Uncle. <laughs> man from Uncle. <laughs> the Man from Uncle. Can I just quickly say, yeah.
0: the lady in that film, yeah. I think she's beautiful. married to... Michael Fassbender. She's the most...
1: She's stunning.
0: She's an ex-machiner. She's
1: stunning. She's,
0: she's a beautiful, yeah. beautiful female. Yeah. May God bless her always. So, so who's you know the geezer? You know the, I, know, I know that film. I know so that you film. know,
1: you've got Superman, Henry Cavill. Yeah, so he's like the English spy. Yeah, And then you've got the Russian... Yes, the Russian army hammer. Bro, he's in Limitless. He's he? in
0: Limitless. He's he's the one that's trying to extort um, Bradley Cooper, and he takes
1: Bradley Cooper gives him some of the tablets. No, 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 not him, not, not him, him, not him. Not him not okay, him. Um, I'll put up the picture for you. All right, cool. Um, so what come, did he do? He's come up. His okay. To be fair, his one's a bit fucked. Right. he was caught. Apparently, he's a cannibal. Oh, fuck. it's a bad example. But army hammer's a bad example. He so should what, be cancelled. So what, so
0: basically, he ate some humans and got caught. <laughs> All right, yeah, but how he's got to go. well He's got to go, bro. Okay, I mean, maybe army
1: ham is a bad example. Yeah,
0: I mean, look, if you bought that meat from like a registered butcher, <laughs> even though you can't. So yeah, you can't, bro. I can't. I can't. No I bad can't example,
1: anymore. but I know what you mean. For sure, look, if someone's done wrong, hold them to account. That's what we should do. Hold people to account. Have an element of accountability, but don't use the word cancel. Because think about what that means. To cancel someone. Yeah, so I just want to quickly touch on um, Fences. Yeah, go on. What's that about? Denzel Washington film. Right. I watched it the other day for the first time. It's based on a play. And in the play, the character that Denzel plays was played by James Earl... James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. Legend. Legend. Coming to America. He's Eddie Murphy's dad. Yeah, he's yeah. also Mufasa. And Full of Dreams. It basically plays upon the relationship between father and son. And also wife as well. Basically the, the relationship in, within a family unit okay his character is someone he's a he's a rubbish man he's a he's a he collects rubbish big um, up to the
0: rubbish man yeah keep all the rats and cockroaches 100%. off the street um, Love you lot.
1: just i said that just so you have an idea of like the i guess economic class that yeah. he comes from yeah he's in a humble job he's in a humble job but a very hard-working job but a very hard-working job, very hard working job for that's, sure. that's right but he had at some point in his life the opportunity to well he was good enough to play pro baseball Right. But because of the colour of his skin, he was not able to do so. See, And it kind of stayed with him his whole life. You can see that it stayed with him his whole life. The fact that he was ne- never able to go pro. His son is now able to have that same opportunity for football. Right. So you can kind of, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give too much away, but from what I've just said, you can kind of gauge how the relationship plays out. There's yeah. a father that's got resentment to the institution to the institution because of his color. He wasn't allowed to play baseball.
0: But things have moved on now. But
1: things have moved on, but he still, in his mind, he still has that old school mentality that he had back then. Whereas yeah. his son and his mom have like, are like times have changed now. There are yeah. cut- colored people playing bas- um, playing football, American football.
0: So is there a vicarious kind of very, element in this? It's a very... The what I mean by vicarious? Is there like an element where, like is Denzel trying to sort of like
1: live through his son? So, okay. Right. So so it's, it's it's funny you should mention that. This is something that I think every son can relate to in terms of their relationship with their father. Yeah? Where your dad wants you to be exactly like him yeah. and nothing like him at the same time.
0: Yeah, man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. They, they want you to be the best of what they could be. Yeah. But not to have any of the traits that that they've got that maybe made them not become yeah. the best that they could. But have also, been.
1: they want you to be like them as well. Yeah. So it's just it's um it's like a yeah it's it's it's, it's a really good film. Really, Sounds like you enjoyed, really enjoyed it. Man. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it.
0: Was it was it was it a film that tended to a film that seems like it's more about the dialogue between the scenes, like the, the type of arguments or say conversations in terms of what you might see between father and son and how that shows the growth in their relationship or how their relationship goes in terms of the direction.
1: For sure, so the whole thing was really based around conversations because it only took place in one location. Okay. It only took place in their yard, Right. in in their home. What, and the dad (laughs) maybe trying to talk to his son as in like an advice kind of thing? It's not really advice. Lecturing? I don't want to say because then I'll give away the relationship that, they, that the both of them have. Right. But it's worth checking uh, out. 100%, like... yeah, for sure. Fences, right. Denzel and um, the wife is played by Viola Davis who's a fucking sick actress. I know that name. She's been in a few. She's been in, you know, you know her face. She's high profile. She's
0: class A. She's, she's class, class A. She's class A. Class A all the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, she was, this lady Viola Davis was in The Help. Okay. Was she in the film The Help? I haven't seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta watch The Help. You ain't seen okay. The Help? No, tell me about it. Watch The Help, bruv. Wicked film, wicked film. Basically, it's like a film about the influence of the influence of black employees in the homes of white people after slavery. So, black people were hired for, you know, the the jobs of uh, looking after the children, doing the cooking, doing the cleaning, but it shows how the the beautiful nurturing elements of what you would see from child to like from from a mother figure. So say for example you've got a maid, yeah? Obviously the maids back then in America were black, but they're still mothers, they're still wives, they're still women of great Nurturing qualities, yeah, and then obviously naturally, organically, they would develop relationships with the children.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, do you, know, do you understand yeah, what I'm yeah.
0: saying? Like these children, they don't know anything about politics yeah. or racism. Yeah. and and the employees uh, of these families, they were just beautiful in terms of how they would carry out the, how to carry out the job, bruv. But you see saw, that
1: in a lot of films, actually. You see that whenever there's there's help in the film or there's a maid, they have yeah. a close relationship with. Yeah, because think about
0: the amount of hours they spent together, and also there's no malice. Once again, there's no malice in that relationship. Because the child's innocent and the adult knows the child's innocent. so It's all about just creating that relationship. I mean, another great example. And also, you got to remember as well, because of the times that these films are setting, they're reflecting what the times were. So that's why a lot of the maids or a lot of the childcare or a lot of the assistants were from the black community. Like one of the best examples, you know Forrest Gump? Mm-hmm. Do you remember Forrest Gump with the shrimps? Yeah. Bubba shrimps. Bubba's shrimp. Tom Hanks sells the company, Yeah, innit? yeah, yeah. And then he's, he's obviously... killing. Yeah, but he stays true to, his, stays word, true bruv, to his word, bruv. And he gives Bubba's family, yeah. Bubba's share yeah, yeah, yeah. of the company because yeah. that's what you fucking yeah. do, bruv. Just, get, just on Bubba's Shrimp. It's going to get me emotional, man, <laughs> yeah. because, it's, none other, because it's, it's deep, bruv. Like, people don't seem to realise, like, that film, you can't fuck with that film. Like, forget the his fact that... His heart was as clean as it came. It's just the relationship between them two, forget that whatever colour they are, the relationship between Bubba and Tom Hanks's character, Forrest, is next-level uniqueness, yeah? It is a completely... Blind relationship. It is a non-discriminating relationship. Yeah. It's the illest thing ever. And two occasions in that film, where my man's going back to get everyone, where Tom Hanks is going back, to when the bombings are going off, and he's asking where Bubba is, and he's asking where Bubba is, right? Freaks me out every time. And in the scene where he sends the check, brother, when he sends the check and his mum gets the check, and then in the next scene, you see all Bubba's family yeah. bawling out, yeah, having yeah. dinner. That's gangster yeah. shit, bro. That is gangster shit. But um, yeah, so the help. So she was in. So Violet Davis is in that. She got. On, she won an Oscar for the
1: help. Oh, did she? Yeah, so that's okay. why it's well worth. Uh, yeah, definitely checking that out.
0: But, but sorry, did you did you say where, where, where you put this in, in Denzel's catalog?
1: I didn't. I don't even know to be honest.
0: Like, would you would you say it's like top five Denzel film, or would you just say it's a role
1: like that? Denzel can play really well right. because where you need to get to in terms of headspace to play a role like that. Also, the fact that he's a dad. Yep. and his son's a G. and his son's a G as his well son's in what's that film that you like The Tenant the Tenant yeah, yeah. He's, and he's also in um, did you watch Malcolm and Marie on Netflix nah no. okay. is he in that what's that about he's in that it's a film that came out it was, a film that, it was the first film that was written filmed and released during the pandemic fine, so basically fine. this whole idea was conceived during, right. during, um, during the pandemic it's a good film what's it called called Malcolm and Marie and, and, and he's in that he's in that as well
0: because the only other film I've seen him in was um, uh, the cool the, the, the cool Klux Klan film
1: Oh, Black Klansman. Yeah, that Sick was film. that was cool, man. Film, yeah. yeah, he
0: was slick in that.
1: Um, I'd say check out Malcolm Marie because the dialogue is heavy. Some serious bits of dialogue in that film. It basically revolves around the relationship between this film director and his wife. Right, They've come back after a film premiere. Basically, it does really well and he forgets to thank her in his speech, in his oh, thank you speech.
0: Oh, shit. Not a good move. Not a good move at no. all. So hold on, he forgets to
1: thank his wife. Yeah. In his journey, she. He's th- he's thanked so many other people. Yeah. But he forgot to thank her. He's on the couch that night. She's though. playing it. How most most women play it. What cool. Cool. What really. But tell ready you, to erupt. Ready to erupt. In ready. The way that she erupts, and it's all it's all filmed in one night. Yeah. So it's all it's all based in one house, one uh, location. Yeah. 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 Check it out. Check it out. All right. So I'm going to ask you this question, but I think I already know the answer to it. All right. What's your favourite Denzel film? Man on Fire. Man on Fire. Yeah. Did you think I was going to say that? I thought you were going to say Training Day. Nah.
0: Training Day was good. Unbelievable film. Once again, I just want to big up the female. Who's the female in that film? Eva Mendes. She. Beautiful, beautiful,
1: beautiful woman.
0: Training Day's wicked. Um, I think, he, you know, Denzel speaking Spanish, the way that he manipulates uh, Ethan Hawke's character. Yeah. Um, the How way he
1: p- manip- manipulated everyone in that film. Yeah. <laughs> so he was just like master manipulator. <laughs> Bro, you know what? He was cold, didn't he? When it
0: well, he goes, he goes to the geezer's house and he's chatting with him, yeah. and then he's like three hours later he comes back with like nine geezers, and he just fucking yeah. shoots him, man, yeah. and just robs the geezer's house. Yeah. So he was, you know, what I would say that's Denzel's best ever film at playing a cold ass dude, man. Yeah. Training Day is the only film where you could safely say, so who was the bad guy in that film? And you would, you know, Denzel was was yeah. the was the bad guy. But Man on Fire is for me the film's got it all, hash. It's got an unbelievable storyline. It's got the whole tortured individual. It's got the bright light that is Dakota Fanning. It's then got the... Uh, Extinguishing of that light and the return. So, the tortured man returning to every instinct and every skill that he's amassed that's made him the tortured man. So, it's like he's trying to get as he's trying to get he's running away from the memories, bruv. He's running away from the memories that he's created from being this black ops uh, undercover dude,
1: but he has to go back to them now. But
0: now. And not only does he have to go back to him, bruv, he is going back to them with justification, yeah. motivation, yeah. There's a reason. and focus. Yeah. And that's why, that's why when Christopher Walken says, every man has their art, Creasy's art is death, and he's about to paint his masterpiece, because it was, you took away the light. The little girl was the light for this tortured man. This man was already looking to leave the earth. He was going to commit suicide every night, fucking JDs, gun to the head, ready to pop off. But she... Day after day after day, she made him move the gun further away from his head. She made him move the bottle further away to the point where he's fucking emptying it out. and There's no more drink. And then all of a sudden she's gone. Nami. That's why it's man on fire, bruv. He's on fire. So yeah, it's 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 the best Denzel Washington film, in my opinion. And it's also it's it's at the table as we as we like to say on this show. It's at the table. <laughs> at the table. So what about you? What's your favorite Denzel Washington film?
1: It'll be a toss up between the two of them, uh, Man of Fire and Training Day, because it's just they're both just Denzel at his absolute finest. That like fine. he's just as an actor, he he's he has this ability to make you forget he's an actor. Yep. And he has this ability to actually put you into the world that he's in to the yep. point that you forget, am I like, watching a movie? What's going on here? So you recommended a film to me. Okay. Last week. And you recommend a lot of things to me, but this film, there was almost like an urgency in your voice. Like, you really wanted me to watch this film. And the title of that film is King of New York. Wow. What a film.
0: I love it. So would you, w- w- can I just ask, Gomorrah and King of New York, are you glad that they've been brought to your attention? For sure. <laughs> for sure. Two bad boy recommendations. And how many people have you recommended Gomorrah to? To anyone I see. And would you recommend King of NY to people?
1: To anyone I see With from now on. That's, that's immediately after watching that film. I stayed seated for about five, ten minutes and I was like, top ten top 10. Wicked, man. Do you find um, that they don't make,
0: or do you find it's hard to make gritty films like that because our metropolises and our environments don't look like what was shown on the locations of a film like The King of
1: New York? Yeah, it definitely showed newly. Yeah, apart from like... Apart from Taxi Driver, it was probably the grittiest version of New York that I've seen on film. Excellent. Because Taxi Driver was pretty fucking gritty. Because at the time, yeah, New York had just come
0: through the 80s crash. Yeah, You know, a lot of buildings were crumbling. It, it was lack of investment. Yeah. And King of New York was was obviously a similar time period. Yeah. And what's fascinating is King of New York, the, the cocaine program on Netflix taxi driver these are all the same periods where you had the explosion of the of the crack epidemic and the introduction of Reagan's kind of way of living and the relaxation of regulation in the stock market so what I'm trying to get to is I feel a little bit hash like we're going through that now just with different technology like the stock market very strong but yet we hear about poverty every day and hardship and and and, and and maybe that's why characters like Christopher Walken's one.
1: Are, so yeah, let's 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 talk about Christopher Walken's character because. What do you think of, of what he was trying to do in that film? So you you kind of like I think you understand what his motivation is like halfway through the film. Is he a bad man? I guess when you watch the film, you say yeah, this guy's a bad guy, but or when is you Robin Hood Oh, he's most definitely Robin Hood. Okay, is Robin Hood a bad man? No, but obviously Christopher Hawking does a lot more grittier shit than yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, but what I'm getting at is the gritty shit that he does, yeah, is it to the to the to the players in the gritty world or or is Christopher Walken dis- non discriminant with his grittiness because he doesn't really fuck with innocent
1: or civilians. no he doesn't he's he's very good with it he, he the people that he that he deads off the people that he kills off in that film they fully deserve to die yeah and that's like a Robin um, Hood kind of yeah. I felt that he
0: was like the Robin Hood of the hood yeah like he would rob the drug dealers rob the mob and then give the money back or try and distribute the money back there into, was
1: one scene sorry just there was just one scene it, where you saw like a different side of his character there was a scene where he was talking to one the, I think he was talking to his lawyer you know the, the, the lady and he says I just need one year just give me one year that's all he needed like he had a plan he knew exactly what he wanted to do for the benefit of New York but people were just getting in his way but again it's quite deep like the police officers because also they obviously don't understand his intention they can't get into his head they don't know what he's trying to do and what he's thinking about doing and they
0: hate that he's doing it by flouting the law
1: they hate that he's flouting the law and anyway as,
0: and he's being seen as, as popular yeah 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 when they hate see, th-
1: but they thought yeah. they thought he was just trying to be flash with it, and he was yep. trying to be a celebrity, yep. they didn't know what he really wanted to do exactly.
0: Um, so hold on, you, you just touched on something there. Yeah. He said, I, I wanted a year, I needed, give me a year, and because he wanted to change New York, he wants to change New right. York. So that leads me on to remembering the scene where isn't there a scene where he's talking to some politicians, bruv? and he's telling them about a development he wants to develop a community yes. centre
1: yeah yeah and there's models on and the table and there's models on the table
0: yeah. a bit like Jenny with his airport a bit like Jenny with his airport so so it's like he wanted to use drug money to raise enough money to finally build something yeah. that would then break the cycle of having to sell drugs he says
1: to him, I'm just a businessman people are going to take drugs regardless like people are going to take drugs I'm just providing that service do you not think then he wasn't a gangster he didn't see himself as a gangster he saw himself as a businessman
0: yeah and, 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 and raising finance through the means of selling drugs yeah. which he didn't which he felt was stupid to be illegal yeah because everyone takes drugs but wicked film man yeah, it's different. a wicked film and lawrence fishburne oh, i'd like to touch on his yeah, performance yeah. please do so i think a lot of people remember lawrence fishburne early kind of career for boys in the hood
1: would, would that be fair for me to say for me it was apocalypse now okay yeah on the the, the character that he played the soldier on the boat and he was young man he was oh like 12 God. 13. and he got shot in the fucking. yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's on the boat and
0: and the, the captain's going mad because yeah, 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 yeah. they loved him man yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that's deep that's deep yeah all right so that's a copula classic that one for me I didn't watch apocalypse now until I was a lot older. But I watched Boys in the Hood when Boys in the Hood came out. And Lawrence Fishburne, to me, was an actor that caught my eye as being uh, extremely... Oh, he plays the dad, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays the dad really, really well. He's, He's fantastic at making the audience... Believe that you know he is a streetwise but smart, educated man that will talk to his son with a tone and a mannerism that's preparing him for the cold fucking world that he's going to go out into. Yeah. And you see in the film the fact that his son works in a shop, is studying, that he's the presence of having a father in his life, and his father, in my opinion, raising him well, especially from what I saw in the film when he's dropping knowledge on them. Yeah, you know when he takes them to the to the corner, yeah. and he goes to them. I don't. See no, no no black gun. Yeah. Uh, sellers i don't see no big black drug dealers who's bringing this shit in here and he's got the he's got the people in the crowd he's peeping game and they're they're, because it says sell your home for cash so even in boys in the hood the film showing you politically about how you drive the property price of an area down you then incentivize the local community to leave by spying up the rest of the houses that have dropped in price then you regenerate the area you pump up the price and you move in a new community exactly so that's the first the first film i saw with. With with Lawrence Fishburne, right now. Obviously, fast forward. I've only seen King in New York, by the way, a couple of uh, about a year ago. So my mate, top top mate of mine, he recommended that. I said to him like, I ain't never seen it. He's going, we're going to watch it, and I should have watched it years ago because rappers have. You know, Biggie was the Black Frank White. When he says I'm the Black Frank White, he's talking about Frank White because that's Christopher Walken's character in the film. Two Pac's got a tune on "Me Against the World" um, the album "Me Against the World," where he, he
1: he samples
0: "Tired of Getting Ripped Off by Guys Like This," which is Christopher Walken. Yeah. So I should have probably watched the film a lot, a lot, um, a lot. Younger. It's nice though. It's nice ago. to
1: like to randomly come across a film that good. You're like, wow.
0: No, it's, it, that feeling is the best Yeah, that's a wicked feeling yeah, yeah. and you, you probably had that with Apocalypse Now For sure or with The Godfather For sure. but what I loved was I got to see a young Lawrence Fishburne and I got to see him play like a role full of intensity and fully reflective of the youth of that time that were involved in the drug game that were making money and that were fearless yeah and it's he, quite
1: a political film actually when you
0: think about it yeah but he played it wicked bro yeah very political film because you've got the police angle
1: you do have the police angle Right. Yeah,
0: the gingerhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, what's his name? What's his name in CSI Miami? Um, we did it the other night. We were here, you did it wicked, Horatio. Horatio. <laughs> so, so, we had the police side, hash. yeah. We then had the side of Christopher Walken and his crew, yeah. We then had the crews they were robbing. So, the yeah. Italian, I think it was the Italian mob. Um, and then we had the, 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 the politicians that he came to meet yeah. with, the,
1: with the ideas. So it captured all of that. What um, was amazing is that his, his operation as well, it wasn't some gangster operation. The guy had a suite in the Plaza Hotel Yeah, and he had all his, he had an accountant with him that was, that was on a laptop doing all the books. He had his lawyer that was with him all the time. And then you'd have the little thugs come in now and again. Bad boy little crew, yeah. man.
0: We're about, to see where, we're about to see where they come in the room and they're staring at him. And he's staring when he's at them fresh out of pen. And they start dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He start dancing and they start... And he goes, so what you gonna do now? He goes, I don't know about you, lad, but I'm gonna go and get my dick sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously a very chauvinistical comment yeah, to yeah. make, but he's playing in the mentality of a man at the time, in that era, that probably would have said something yeah, yeah. like that. Um, and no, and, and also, can I just shout out Christopher Walken, please? Yeah, for sure, yeah. Because what an actor. What an actor. What a, what a catalogue. Yeah. All right. And um, yeah, man, I think it's important that he might have played, you know, like, um. right, so you make spaghetti bolognese, yeah? You make spaghetti bolognese, right? You got the spaghetti and then you got the meat, yeah? That's like the main actor's... That's like the, the, the directors, the setup. Christopher Walken's the Parmesan, bro. <laughs> it's the Parmesan. Every time you sprinkle a little bit of Christopher Walken on a film, you, you remember the taste, you remember the scenes that he's in, and you, and you want that again. Every time you sit down and you have a spaghetti bolognese, every time you sit down and you have a spaghetti bolognese, hey, Ma, bring the Parmesan. Whenever you watch a top film, is Christopher Walken going to be in this? And I'll give you an example True Romance. Yeah. He's unbelievable, unbelievable. in that. Man on Fire. He's unbelievable in that the deer hunter he's unbelievable in that so what I'm saying is that whether it's the lead role like King of New York or whether it's the Parmesan roles we'll call it the Parmesan role he always leaves you remembering that he was in the film and that's why I like to big him up
1: yeah big up to Christopher Walken. <laughs>